0: It is Wednesday, December the 20th, 2023. Welcome to the show today. Can a guy who used to sell bulldozers actually turn Scotiabank around? Canada's latest inflation number surprised everyone. Google has lost a class action lawsuit, but for the customers, it's more like a lump of coal. FedEx shares drop after missing earnings expectations. The president of CBC Radio Canada appears to be on the way out, and an iconic Japanese company is delisted. Lots to cover, let's get started with today's news. There are big changes coming at Scotia Bank, and uh, back in February, the bank made what at the time was a very controversial move, probably still is a little bit. Uh, The bank put Scott Thompson as the chief executive officer and he is an outsider to the industry. He moved over from Finning where he was the CEO of a big uh, Caterpillar dealer, entirely different industry. That certainly caught the attention of a lot of people. Now, Mr. Thompson had been a director at Scotia Bank since 2016. Well, nobody can accuse him of just sitting on his hands since he's come over. He just the other day unveiled the bank's new strategic plan, and he's calling for some major, major changes. On this channel, we've done a couple of videos on Scotia in the past, one by me, and I highlighted in my video how poorly the company had performed over the last 20 years when you compare it with its peers. More recently, Brandon actually posted a video where he talked about how Scotiabank may be presenting itself as a good buying opportunity right now. One of the downsides that I highlighted in my video was the bank's exposure to international markets and particularly to the Latin America markets. And under the new plan, uh, Thompson says the strategy is to shift to less outright growth. In other words, uh, not so much just you know building more and more branches, but placing more of a focus on uh, profit margins. That makes a lot of sense. Um, he said, it's a fundamentally different philosophy on how to create value for shareholders. So this is a, a pretty big change. Now, Thompson said that Scotiabank is going to direct about 90% of its incremental capital into its Canadian, US, and Mexico markets and place more scrutiny on spending in the last uh, in the Latin America markets, which is something that I think has been um, overlooked in the past and is probably a really good thing. The priority, he says, on spending will be in Canada with a push to increase a margin and to boost primary relationships. So these are relationships where customers have accounts, but they also have either a payment plan or an investment product with the bank. Because of the previous strategies, uh, the bank has only 16% of its retail clients in that uh, primary category um, as of today. Thompson says the bank also plans to up its investment in the Canadian banking unit by 50%, and he plans to place more focus on its uh, online-based Tangerine Bank, looking to increase volumes there by 25 to 30%. In its last quarterly report, uh, the bank noted an $87 million charge in real estate. And they also confirmed that a number of branches will be closing in the Maritimes. It reported that the bank today has 194 fewer branches and offices at the end of this past quarter than it did two years ago. Um, Also part of the new strategic plan will be to reduce Canada's uh, real estate footprint by 10 to 15% by the year 2028. Now it is very interesting to see that this non-banker has come into, uh, into the business and made such dramatic such drastic changes to a company that has been in existence. Catch this since 1832. Uh, Scotiabank, clearly it's been a laggard for many years now. It will be to me at least fascinating to see if Thompson is able to write that ship. There was a bit of a surprise with the inflation numbers that came out for November with the Canadian CPI coming in higher than expected. I've got a few details about that in just a minute here, but first I want to share a few thoughts on what this might mean for the Bank of Canada. Uh, There's no doubt that the bank is going to see this latest report as a disappointment, although just this past week, Governor Tiff Macklem did say that he's projecting interest rates will start coming down next year, but he did note anything can happen, and he did say that the bank needs to remain very focused increasingly the conditions are in place to get us back to 2% inflation. But that is not yet assured. We're not there yet. There are a few more things we need to see uh, to be more confident that we're headed back to 2% and we're watching those closely. So these higher inflation numbers, they aren't what he was looking for, uh, no doubt about that. According to Stats Canada, the inflation rate here came in at 3.1% in November and that was the same as we saw In October. I guess that's the good news. The bad news is that it came in above what the market had been uh, expecting. Economists had been looking for a 2.9% rise. The main drivers of November's report were higher mortgage interest costs and these are up 29.8% year-over-year. I mean, that's just a staggering number. The price of rent was also up 7.4% from a year ago. Uh, prices also rose at a faster pace for clothing, for footwear. Now, a little bit of good news, I guess, the rate of inflation slowed for food uh, purchased from stores. It's still up 4.7%, but that compares with uh, 5.4% in October. So although prices have gone up, the price gross growth has now slowed for the fifth consecutive month on a year-over-year basis. Uh, Prices for fuel oil and other uh, fuels fell 23.6% year over year. Uh, That follows a 12.6% decline back in October, but electricity prices, they were up 8.2%, and this follows a 6.7% increase in October. According to filings at a San Francisco court on Monday, Google's parent company Alphabet, they've agreed to pay $700 million and to revamp its Play App Store as part of an antitrust settlement uh, with the US states and with consumers. So the company will be paying $630 million for customers and $70 million into a fund that will be used by the states. Now, I would suggest you don't rush out and splurge on your Christmas gifts. The settlement says that if you are eligible for compensation as a customer, you will receive at least $2. Did you know that you can listen to all of our YouTube videos in podcast format? So maybe you're out driving, maybe you're out for a walk, maybe you're just trying to fall asleep to some stimulating economic news. Um, every video that we post on our channel here also has a podcast version, so you can go ahead, look us up on Apple Podcasts, or on Google Podcasts, or on Spotify. FedEx reported its second quarter 2024 earnings after the markets closed yesterday. The shares were down nearly 11% in early trading today. The company missed Wall Street's estimates and it forecasted a drop in full year sales. So in the quarter, its adjusted earnings per share did actually increase to $3.99 a share. That's up from $3.18 a year earlier, but it fell short of consensus of $4.20. Elon Musk no doubt will like that. Revenue declined to $22.2 billion from $22.8 billion, but it trailed the street's estimates of $22.43 billion. Revenue at both their express and freight operations were down year over year. and They, they cited volume weakness uh, for that. The company also says that it seeks to make it, its network more efficient through the peak season. Now, for fiscal 2024, FedEx is forecasting a low single-digit percentage fall in revenue year over year, and that uh, com- that compares with a uh, prior outlook, which said that sales would be flat. I may have missed the response to a story that we covered here about a week ago, uh, when there was some controversy that came up when CBC president Catherine Tate, she wouldn't answer a question about bonuses when she was speaking with um, Adrian Arsenal on CBC. Um, The broadcaster had made headlines when it revealed that it would be laying off um, 800 employees to address a $125 million shortfall. But when she was asked about bonuses, she said that it was just too early to say if bonuses would be cut. I'm just just curious about something. I'm going to presume no bonuses this year. I mean, the Canadian Taxpayer Federation said a Freedom of Information request showed $16 were paid in bonuses in 2022. Can we establish that that is not happening this year? It's too early to say where we are for this year. We'll be looking at that like we do all our line items in the coming months. So there's a, there's a chance bonuses could still happen at a time when jobs are being cut? I, again, I, I'm not going to comment on something that hasn't been discussed at this point. So, Heritage Minister Saint Don, she now says that Tate needs to be transparent about this decision. She needs to answer the question and justify it if, in fact, they do plan to pay these bonuses. Of course, recent statements by Conservative leader Pierre Polyev, he said that the Conservatives would defund the CBC if it came into power. The minister here, she defended the role of the CBC. I'm... Um, completely opposed to the vision of the leader of the opposition that thinks that he can defund CBC and that it won't affect Radio Canada. This is wrong. Uh, The two are intertwined. We need a strong public broadcaster from coast to coast to coast. Tate's leadership has uh, come under significant fire in the recent days since her announcement of the steep cuts and then her refusal to denounce the uh, possible executive bonuses. The current minister, she said that she lacks confidence in the CBC president and that she will begin a search for a new president whose term expires in January of 2025. One of the biggest brands in Japanese history is set to be delisted today after a 74-year tenure. Toshiba is being taken private in a $14 billion deal that will make the company fully domestically controlled. Now, Toshiba has certainly struggled in the last decade or so, and it now faces an uncertain future. Uh, Damien Tong, he's the head of a Japanese research Macquarie Capital Securities, and he says that Toshiba's difficulties were caused by a combination of bad strategic decisions and bad luck. The company has around 106,000 employees. Some of their operations are considered to be critical to national security. For those of you who wait breathlessly by your computers on Mondays and Wednesdays for this update and the report that I do on this channel, I'm going to be taking a bit of a Christmas break, traveling to Manitoba to see some family. Uh, I will be back in January though. I'm really looking forward to 2024. I hope you can join me along in that journey. We'll see you next year.